Print Geeks. Print Geeks. Because you didn't realise the world of print management is so awesome. Wow, the print management industry is so interesting. See? Print, print, print Geeks. Hello and welcome to Print Geeks, your one-stop pod for all things geeky about print and tech. I am your host, Paper Cutter Kieran, Scourge on Word Counts, Makeshift Lex Luthor. And before we begin today's episode, I have to start with an apology. Because at the end of the last episode, I promised an episode all about how Google Cloud Print was replaced with an alternative by Google themselves. However, I lied because we have a little bit of a sharp left surprise episode for you this week in celebration of System Administrator Appreciation Day. What is System Administrator Appreciation Day? It's a day to appreciate all system administrators. And it's important to Papercut for a few reasons. I like to think of it as Papercut is a product for sysadmins by sysadmins. And what I mean by that is a lot of sysadmins use our product, obviously, for print management. But we also have a lot of sysadmins or former sysadmins at the company. On our last episode, you heard from Jason, who himself was a system administrator and was even Papercut's system administrator once upon a time. But before I get into today's episode and introduce you to our guest, our very special guest, I want to tell you a little bit of a story. We're going to harken back all the way back to 1998. What a simpler time that was. Men in Black was in the cinemas. Getting jiggy with it was on the radio airwaves. It was all about Will Smith, obviously. But in a humble little school called Parkdale Secondary College in Melbourne's beachside suburb of Mordialloc, there was but a humble part-time system administrator. At 23 years of age, like many of us, he was actually working at his very own high school because he himself went to Parkdale. And like many IT workers, he spent a lot of time doing your usual system administrator tasks like gluing trackballs back into computer mice. One day, he walked into the computer lab and he saw, sitting next to the printer, a site that really bothered him because it was a user behavior that he couldn't quite solve. And that was an overflowing recycling bin filled with stacks and stacks of uncollected print jobs. But this was no normal system administrator, no, no. He was also somewhat of an entrepreneur and somewhat of a coder, and he began working on a little piece of software to do something about that print waste, and then hop, skip, and a jump, fast forward 24 years, and that little piece of software became Papercut Software. Lots of products, lots of solutions, and the man who did that was Chris Dance, the CEO and co-founder of Papercut Software, and he is with me today. Chris, welcome to Print Geeks. Oh, thank you for the welcome and amazing <laughs> introduction. Uh, yeah, I've been sitting on the other side of this podcast uh, listening for a while, and it's nice to be called in for this particular topic because, as my dad said, being a system administrator was my first real job. Your first real job. Did you, uh, you know, as a kid, grow up one day wanting to be a system administrator? 
Uh, well, yeah, a little bit because I uh, definitely growing up as a kid, I played with computers as much as possible. But <laughs> I, I think, uh, yeah, my, my introduction, my, my first job was actually washing dishes in a Mexican restaurant. Yep. And after two years, I was studying at university. It was my university job. And after two years, my dad said, look, you need a job which furthers your career. Yeah. And uh, it's not going to be dishwashing. So <laughs> that's when I went back to my local high school where I used to be a student mm-hmm. and, and got the job as a network admin and uh, a couple of days a week uh, while it's still allowing me to continue my studies. And, uh, and yeah, it was a real job. It was one that challenged me mentally, not just physically <laughs> like the dishwashing. And, uh, and also it's one I could lean in with my passion and uh, it was great. Can you remember, can you walk me through what your kind of typical day was back then? Was every day different or was every day pretty much the same? Yeah, I think every day was different because we always had, you know, the, the one one thing that, that, you know, cultural aspect at school was innovation was important, right? And mm. innovation really, a lot of it happened in that IT department. Mm. So we'll always under the request to, oh, we want to put digital editing of music in. We need some software to do that. There was always something changing. So your, your job had your BAU, your business as usual, mm-hmm. like you said, gluing the uh, – well, it's actually going and finding the balls <laughs> from the mouses that were stolen around the playground and then putting them back in and super gluing so they couldn't be pulled out again. <laughs> so it was some of that BAU work, um, general account management, password resets, um, diagnosing faults on PCs. Uh, but then there was always that component of – just making things better, whether it be deployment of new software or requests that a staff member may have to do something different or something to do with security. So there's that real mix. Um, and that's what I loved about the job. It was changed every day. Now, were you a team of one or did you have a small team? Uh, originally, it started out as a team of one plus two teachers that, mm-hmm. that definitely had IT skills. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, we ended up getting uh, some more resources because I was only a, a two-day-a-week. Yeah. Uh, and those more resources, um, one of them was a, someone that was employed to come in mm-hmm. and eventually take me because I was going to pursue a career after my d- degree ended. Uh, and then also it was a student. We had an exceptional student that... Uh, for some reason was able to uh, regularly hack into the network or do things <laughs> that he didn't. So rather than have him on the um, the the, the uh, bad side, we brought him across to the, the good side and yep. gave him some tasks as a little part-time job and that was, <laughs> that was great for him. So, yeah, yeah what do they say? Uh, bring your enemies closer. Yeah, he did the old Frank Abagnale Jr. from Catch Me If You Can. Instead of, uh, uh, you know, locking them up, you uh, recruited them. <laughs> now... Sis Admin Day, huge day here at Papercut. But um, before I started at Papercut, I had never actually heard the term Sis Admin or System Administrator. It was mm. always just like IT yeah. person. Why do you think that is? Uh, probably because a lot of system administration is done behind the scenes mm. and you tend to only know about it when it doesn't work. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's that's one. Also, I suppose us computer computer guys, right, computer geeks, we're often maybe introverted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we we like to stay behind the scenes. Yes. Um, <laughs> so there's a, a little bit of that. Uh, and I think there's also a, a very big blurred line between the tech guy, the IT manager, the uh, system administrator, and for many organisations that may be the one person, you know, he or she may do all of them. So that, so for in many organisations that, that, system administrator is not necessarily a person. It's really just a role within a wider function or an individual doing multiple things. 
Now, System Administrator Appreciation Day for sysadmins, would you say it's like Christmas for them? <laughs> uh, I think that'd be overbaking, but but it's nice to be able to reflect. I remember all the, the work that I did as a, a sysadmin and uh, you you get a sense of achievement when something is successful, mm. uh, but you also hear when those problems occur yeah. uh, and you, you tend to hear more about the problems than you do mm. uh, about the wins. Yeah. Um, so just being able to reflect and, and maybe a day, you know, I know we've worked with some customers sort of, you know, leverage that appreciation to, to highlight some individuals. And, mm. and I think it's a, it is a great way to reflect on, you know, some of the hard work that makes life better. Now, speaking of hard work, I've got a hard-hitting question for you. What is the difference between a sysadmin and an IT manager? Oh, good question. As I said, many of them work together. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, look, as a sysadmin, we, we did have one of the teachers that was the IT manager above. And so I, in my days, we would interpret as I was the one that actually did the work and uh, the <laughs> IT manager was the one that went and got the funding approval for it. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, so there was, a, there was definitely a little bit of that. Uh, I suppose there was a strategic a element as well. But, you know, technology is such a fast-moving industry, even when it comes to that decision-making and strategy, mm. uh, the technical experts are actually one of the primary, if not sometimes the primary input loop mm. uh, for those trends. I remember at the time debating on whether we bring in backups on individual PCs and laptops, mm. you know, and how we're going to do that. And mm. that was my CIS administration hat playing a real big role in whether that was cost viable and what was best practice from talking with other IT organisations and other schools and the mm. IT manager was really just taking guidance on that. So I think, yeah, um, well, you know, there's many interpretations, but that's how I'd sum it. The CIS admin's <laughs> the one that does most of the work. Now, were you still a CIS admin when the, the rise of – you know, mobile phones and tablets and smartphones is really starting to take over? No, not at all. No, not, not at all. That, back in 1998, it was... No. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, no, I know, but I wasn't sure at what point. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, look, obviously working with a lot of sysadmins, so I've always stayed very hands-on and paper cut mm -hmm. work with a lot of customers. Yeah. Um, so definitely saw that transition where, you know, it, it, it moved from desktops to... Mm. to to laptops, to multiple devices, to bring your own device, to the introduction of Wi-Fi and all the security problems. So, yeah, definitely work for a lot of those technology points of inflection <laughs> that, that seem to add more to the to-do to lists and take away. Did you um, – when, when, you know, tablets and all this sort of thing was really starting to, to take over in, in, in things like schools and businesses, did your empathy radar go off? Like, oh, man, that would be a, a very tricky problem to solve. Yeah, in some ways it was interesting because I also looked at the days every time we'd introduce a new lab or a new set of, you know, maybe a new version of desktop would have standard operating images that we put out. Mm. And um, I also look at the tools that we had in those days and it was really hard work. You mm. know, uh, um, we just we really didn't have the tooling that they have today. Yeah. So the advent of Chromebooks and tablets arguably has created more complexity in some respects, but the tooling and the simplicity of the environments take away a lot of the problems. Yeah, right. So, you know, double-edged sword. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think as a sysadmin, we, we tend to, you know, the reason we got into the industry is because we love tech and we love computers. So that change is also um, part of what keeps the job exciting. Speaking of loving tech and loving computers, what are you getting really geeky about at the moment? Oh, well, it's... Uh, 
uh, yeah, to be honest, it's uh, I've got rekindled a little bit with the uh, Raspberry Pi and uh-huh. the Raspberry Pi Pico. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and now they've got one called the Pico W with Wi-Fi on it. And, uh-huh. you know, so I like doing a little bit of using my programming and computing skills to to automate some things around the house. So uh, making sure my garage opens and closes. I'm sure I could go and buy a unit for a fraction of the cost that would do it. But <laughs> there's just something fun about actually sitting down, doing a little bit of soldering, a bit of coding that connects it together. Mm. Um, so it's more on the hobby side and I'm definitely geeking about that. <laughs> now, the other day we were here at Papercut and um, you were talking to some of my colleagues and you uttered a phrase that I thought was... Um, incredibly poetic, and I wanted to ask you what it meant. You were talking about something that was open sourced, and you said it's just such a beautiful piece of code. Can you paint me a word picture and our, our listeners a word picture? What makes something a beautiful piece of code? Uh, I was probably talking about, you know, this in my early, as I transitioned from, you know, being a system administrator to having to learn to write code. Mm. Uh, I didn't know much about it. <laughs> uh, so, you know, obviously to, to make Papercut into reality, I had to learn to code. Mm. Um, so I didn't have the pleasure of going and doing a computer science degree or oh, an okay. IT degree. I, I did a mechanical engineering degree. Did mm. a bit of programming in it, but really didn't teach the discipline. So you had to learn it. In those days, mm. it was books. Yeah. But then over time, you know, open source started to become, um, you know, out there, mm. right? You could actually view the source code of the operating system like Linux and it was really early days, Red Hat and, and things like that were the popular distro in, in those days and you would actually look at the code and that's where I'd learn a lot from. Mm. just hours and hours of just looking and I'd follow a few people that were checking in and various projects that I really admired and and try and learn what they're doing and and uh, then you, you learn to look at the way people solve problems and go, wow, that's amazing code. I wish I could program like that one day. Um, so that's where that, you know, appreciation of other people's code and that elegance um, comes from. And you, you definitely see it from time to time. Now, surprise me with a fact about sysadmins that people might not know. Mm. A lot of people think the sysadmins got an extreme amount of power. You know, they can mm. go and create accounts, they can go and reset, they can change people's passwords. And <laughs> so they must have access to everything. But what I, I think over the years, um, you know, that level of, uh, I suppose, power has been, you know, tampered a little bit with just really good security practices, whether that be audit logs, whether that, you know, you can't view password, people's passwords, you might be able to reset them, but you can't view them and and things like that. And you, you might not have access or you deliberately went out of your way not to give you access to yourself, access to certain things. Like mm. I remember even at school days, the staff shared folder that had all the private notes about students and all the, the database with all the allergies and medical, I would make sure of the permission so I couldn't get access to it because I didn't <laughs> want to get in trouble. So I think people think those system ministers are all powerful, but there's a lot of steps in there mm. and, and generally the practice in the industry is to, to, to not, um, you know, to really uh, reduce that privilege um, because with that comes responsibility. And as a system in, we generally don't want that responsibility. <laughs> And what does a sysadmin do differently in the hybrid working world? Uh, well, that's an interesting one because I was talking to the, uh, about this the other day and I actually don't think it changes all that much. Why? Because as a sysadmin, right, mm. you go along to your family parties, you know, your family Christmas parties, <laughs> and you end up being IT support for them anyway. <laughs> 
So really, it's just you've already got that skill of that hybrid working um, skill set and fixing, you know, telling people how to how to uh, you know maybe fix something on Facebook or yeah, yeah. or whatever. You just you can't not say no to your family, right? Yeah. So we've always had that skill, and yeah. and the hybrid working's just b- b- brought a lot of that. I suppose, home complexity back into your role that you probably were doing anyway. And arguably, you might be getting paid for it now, but probably not because it just gets added as an extra uh, item to your role description. Yeah. Uh, look, the nature of the problems change. Yeah. Um, you've now got a little bit more complexity. There is an expectation that, that you know, when there's a home uh, Wi-Fi problem that you're, you might be able to help solve it as well mm. um, when before you might have just be able to let that one go to go through to the uh, keeper but you have to really action it today so yeah. it's definitely changing but I, I think ultimately um, uh, a lot of it is a, is the same and yeah look no doubt security is is yeah. probably upped uh, security and privacy is probably up because of it yeah um, uh, but you know that that really existed with laptops that people take yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the volume has probably changed. Like mm. people were still working from home and there were still different networks that they were signing in from. Yep. Yeah. You've actually just made me realise, I think I'm, I'm my family's sysadmin because my sister always calls me when yeah, she You, you work in problem. computers, don't you? Exactly, yeah, 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 that's you work, right. You work yeah. in tech. Like yeah. how do I un, uh, unzip a, a zip yeah. file? <laughs> yeah. But there's no doubt that the work from home, hybrid working, the, the COVID has definitely accelerated change in, mm. in IT and yeah. uh, a focus on flexibility. And, you know, I know a lot of organisations accelerated Microsoft 365 or the introduction of Teams or... Mm. Um, various other changes uh, as a result of it. Now, in a world without system administrators, what happens? Oh, the world would fall apart. <laughs> um, you know, there's this this attitude that that you know software should just work. Mm. The reality is it generally does, right? But there's always those little bits on the side, and mm. it takes expertise to be able to diagnose and work something out, mm. or to operationalize something at scale. Yeah. Right. And and that's where system administrators come from. So an individual might be able to work something out, but how do you do that at scale across the organisation? How do you systemise it? How do you make sure that you continue with best practice? How do you turn knowledge into knowledge of the IT team rather mm. than sitting in with individuals? So I, I think a lot of things would start dropping by. And I, I also don't think we have a full appreciation of how important tech is. Mm. And the true test of that is something like uh, the Microsoft Teams uh, outage that happened last mm. week, you mm. know, global outage. People realise how important tech is, right? Mm. And when something goes wrong, you really feel it. So yeah. I think the world would be feeling it if system administrators <laughs> didn't exist. Um, now, as we covered at the start of the episode, you began as a system administrator and then got the idea to code a little bit of software, taught yourself coding and and, and built from there. So you were a sysadmin, but you were an entrepreneur at heart. Do you think that sysadmins are inherently entrepreneurial? Yeah, probably the case because, you know, some people have asked where does entrepreneurial come from? And, and for me, it was having a real problem, mm. right? So it motivated me, that pile of uncollected print jobs that I literally would walk up to the printer every day and pick up and put, in the recycling bin, or in fact, we didn't even have one to start with, just in the bin. Mm. And it just shocked me. So it made you have empathy for a problem, empathy mm. for a customer, um, the ability to be able to understand what a solution might be, mm. to be able to put yourselves in the shoes mm. of a problem. Mm. So a lot of entrepreneurial comes from that drive, not from understanding technology. 
Yeah. Right? You know, how do you apply that technology? You've got to, got to understand that other side, that human side. So, yeah, I think inherently a lot of system administrators, more than, say, a coder and a technologist, have a lot stronger entrepreneurial bent. Do you have any advice for any sysadmins out there dreaming of their own startup? Uh, a lot of hard work. Mm. Um, the other thing is, is yeah, to, to, you know, I had the advantage to uh, go and do what I was doing in the environment mm. and actually test it out, right? Yeah. So, so, you know, if you're dreaming about it and you've got some ideas, you know, go and apply it where you work, mm. right? Um, that would be another, another big uh, bit of advice because uh, nothing validates an idea than actually an enthusiasm to keep that idea go- going than to see success where where you're directly uh, working yourself. Well, I was going to ask, you know, was it difficult juggling your, your side hustle of creating this bit of software with your sysadmin duties, but it sounds like they were symbiotic. Oh, uh, they were and, um, uh, yeah, very much so. Uh, and, you know, it was... It was more of a how do how do I balance university my final year yeah, of university right. with because uh, that was the university was getting in the way of uh, of, of both the job that would earn the uh, earn some money that at least you know fund some of my uh, mm. um, student habits and uh, and you know keep my mum and dad off the back not having to pay bills <laughs> and uh, and also being able to follow this passion of creating something so mm. yeah it was a bit of a juggle but yeah. um but there was a lot of synergy I, I suppose really what my first bits of real programming other than what I did in school mm. was writing scripts as a sysadmin, right? right? Whether it be batch files or yeah. little little shell scripts or VB scripts that did things uh, yeah. to automate. And that was that was building that programming skill. Mm. And then I'd program on Papercut and I'd immediately be able to take that into the job and do even more wonderful things at school. Yeah, so part of it was osmosis because of where you were. Yeah. yeah. Now we're going to move on to some very hard-hitting questions. Who is your favourite sysadmin in movies and popular culture? Uh, I suppose, look, I'm a big fan growing up in that 80s in computer and the, the war games. Yes, yes. Um, so I, I did, uh, I would, I, I don't think they called them sysadministrators in those days, <laughs> but you would have thought, you know, being, a, being an administrator of... Uh, you know, uh, Joshua um, would have been one of the most uh, painful uh, <laughs> uh, jobs in the world. So, so that stands out to me in my popular uh, culture memory. <laughs> uh, do you remember in uh, Jurassic Park the uh, the sort of villainous system administrator? Uh, I do. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, I recommend uh, also not watching uh, the second Jurassic Park. <laughs> so just just stick with the memories of the first one. <laughs> um. Continuing with the hard-pressing questions, who is the – well, before I ask these questions, um, here at Papercut, we love all things print, but we're also unapologetic geeks about pop culture and movies, and we love science fiction. So I've got some very hard-hitting questions for you on that theme. Who is the system administrator in Star Wars? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, I need to think about that. So <laughs> while I'm thinking about that, I'll tell you a story about the pop culture in Papercut. So all our servers are all themed. Yep. Uh, so we – we named them, you know, really geeky, but after Lord of the Ring characters. So, <laughs> so uh, that was our theme. And then, of course, coffee crept in, uh, paper cut. But uh, which one was it, Star Trek or uh, Star, Star Wars? Star Wars. Okay. Um, I think I've got two, two answers to that one. I think this is going to be a controversial one, but I think 
the system administrator that we start off with is Chewbacca. Right, so you right. start off as Chewbacca. Yeah, like um, you just generally, <laughs> okay, you've got moments of brilliance, but there's also just brute force involved occasionally. So that's, no, how, that's how we start off with, right? And uh, nobody understands Yeah, no one, no one understands really what you're doing and you probably don't understand yourself and occasionally things work and, and you just look like a genius. Yeah. Uh, but then I think as our careers progress and we actually learn what we're doing, we probably come a little bit more like R2-D2. Yes, yes, R2-D2 has... Uh, yep. Yeah, he's got his um, his you know his I don't want to say his hands his what do you call that thing that he plugs yeah, in? Yeah, that, that, that's right, <laughs> plugs in. But it's also the element of excitement when you actually get something right mm. and you know you've done something good. And you so, make that little squealy noise. Yeah, yeah. So there's just so much about R2 that that I really think um yeah I think he's the pinnacle of uh, system in Star Wars. Now. Uh, actually, uh, on naming the servers, my external hard drive at home has named the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> now, who, speaking of Star Trek, who is the system administrator in Star Trek? I believe that there is an objective answer to this, but who, who do you think it is? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a hard one. I'm not going to go near Wesley Crusher, that's for sure. But um, <laughs> maybe... Uh, um, look, the the obvious one that I think you oh, – I'll tell you what, no. I think the sysadmin that we are would be Scotty. Right. Beam me up. Yeah. The sysadmin that we want to be – or, no, that we, we really think we are. Yeah. Right, is Data. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, I sh- <laughs> yeah, I think there's a level of pragmatism with uh, Scotty, beam me up, you know, always – Overcoming the problems, yeah. Um, but yeah, just that purity of and calmness of day. That's what we who we think we are. All. <laughs> yes, we were saying before that it's a lot like that that meme where it's like what you think you are <laughs> and what what, what reality yep, actually yep, is. That, yeah, that, that, that would be the case. Yes. <laughs> now, our final question, um, possibly the most hardest hitting question that we have today, is CEO versus sysadmin. Who is more important to a business? Look, I have to be diplomatic <laughs> on that answer. I think it's long game, short game. Mm-hmm. I can tell you if uh, R.C. Submin went, went away for a week, which occasionally, for whatever reason, they do let him go away, <laughs> the place starts bloody falling apart, I can tell you now. <laughs> so, so on that short term, it is definitely, definitely the Submin. You feel it. The organisation feels it. Yeah. Um, uh, if I went away for a, a week, People cheer, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, definitely on that short term, it's a sysadmin. Uh, long term, you know, maybe I, I'd like to hope that maybe the CEO plays some <laughs> role. Um, yeah. But, yeah, short term, we're going to hear about the sysadmin going yeah. away. Yeah, well, you've, you've worn both hats, so that's a, a, a pretty uh, – I want to say factual answer. Well, um, Chris, thank you so much for joining us on Print Geeks today, a long-time listener of the show, and now we've finally landed you. Um, I, I hope you enjoyed having a chat with me today. No, well, thank you. It's been <laughs> great to talk about this topic because, as my dad you know, reminded me at the time, it was my first real job and mm-hmm. many, many years of passion went into Sysamin and and uh, you know, here at Papercut, we're very clear about who are we call it a primary customer, right? The one we want to mm. impress, the one that we want to st- want to be our advocate to mm. uh, share knowledge, and that's the system administrator, because uh, you know it's uh, 
they give us the best insights and, mm. and that's why we exist to, to try and make their life easier in this complicated domain of print. So thank you for the opportunity to talk about it on this special day. Yeah, and thank you to all of our sysadmins listening right now out there in the print and tech world and beyond for doing what you do. The world would stop running. You heard it from Chris himself if we didn't have system administrators. So thank you so much for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe and ring that notification bell. Would you like to say that, Chris? Smash that subscribe button. (laughs) Yeah, like and subscribe, yeah. (laughs) And next episode, I promise we will have that episode on Google Cloud Print and how Google themselves solved and found an alternative for Google Cloud Print. But uh, until then, keep printing thoughtfully. Print, print, print geeks.